0: The Afterburn Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns GunsGarren Memorial Foundation, helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit com slash rain. Between a screech and a whistle. Oh! What in the world is this? That's Mr. Randolph White. He's the person the internet didn't know it needed. And he's describing the F-35 that crashed behind his house this past week. This week on The Lowdown, we're talking about... The F-35B crash, we're talking about China's defense minister that went missing. The Air Force missed its recruiting goal targets for the first time in 25 years, as well as a few other things. This week on The Lowdown with the Afterburn Podcast. Damn, launch, stroke A, nose 5, low. Negative contact on your... Break right! Hey. the 3, defending, nose goes- Welcome to The Lowdown. This is a news segment we launched just recently along with our newsletter. You can check that out down the link below. But we talk everything aviation, defense, and geopolitics. Let's jump right into it to the F-35B crash. If you've been living under a rock, there was an F-35 that crashed this past week. The pilot's safe, which is fortunate and the best part of all this, but he ejected. The weird part is the jet kept flying and they couldn't find it for over a day. Now, let me talk about how is it possible that the military lost an F-35 fighter jet. Well, it has happened before when planes eject, they typically keep flying depending on the situation, what it's in. The night before my first F-16 flight, in fact, we had an F-16 that ejected at Luke Air Force Base. The pilot safely ejected. The jet continued to fly. It flew for about 15 nautical miles. It actually flew out west of the base for five or six miles, did a 180 degree turn and came back, flew directly over them. Now they were safely on the ground and crashed just beyond the point they touched down. So if the jet is trimmed up, if the autopilot's engaged, these jets will continue to fly until one they run out of airspeed, which could be out of fuel or the throttle is back and it can no longer hold that altitude, et cetera, or it hits the side of a mountain. So it sounds like this jet was either trimmed up, which the F-16 and the F-35, when you let go of the controls, it holds the attitude that it was currently or last left at. Or if the autopilot's engaged, it's going to hold that, again, until it has a fuel starvation or airspeed decays because the throttle's back. Now, all of this is assumptions. Everyone who is talking about this, this is all based on assumptions. The Marine Corps is doing an investigation, and the results of that investigation won't be made public for quite some time. Typically, it takes at least six to nine months before the accident investigation comes out. And we said, and even then, depending on national security, a lot of that might be redacted or it might be minimal. So we'll see when the report actually comes out, what actually happened. So all this is speculation. Anyone who's saying anything on the internet is speculation. But the F-35 is stealth it means it's hard to see by radar, but you probably already knew that there are ways to augment the jet where it can be more visible to air traffic control. The other thing you get a squawk code when you're flying around the world or in the national airspace, this is typically a four digit code that aircraft type into their system and it beams that code out to air traffic control. So they can see the information that jets providing. They can see where it's at when you're flying fighters. You're typically flying in formation, in formation, only the flight leader and maybe an element leader are holding the squawk. Now there are some circumstances where wingmen are squawking unique codes, etc. but typically it's only one or two jets in that formation that are holding the squawk. So in this case, it might be fair to assume that either his transponder wasn't working or he didn't have an assigned unique transponder code and his Flight lead or element mate was holding the squawk of that formation. And ATC knows that if that formation is a standard formation, which is a contract between the military and the FAA, that they are going to be within one nautical mile and co altitude with one another. So air traffic control clears that airspace out. So these are some of the reasons why it would be difficult for the military to find its missing F 35. All right, jump into something else that's missing, and that's China's defense minister want to make a podcast, let me tell you about Spotify's program for podcasters and it's called Spotify for podcasters. I've been using it for over a year now. Couldn't be happier from the switch. You can record wherever you create podcasts, whether it be your phone, computer, and it's easy to upload it and distribute it to everywhere podcasts are heard. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Best of all, Spotify for podcasters is completely free. So launch your podcast today. Get started with Spotify for podcasters. Go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. From Showtime and A24. We love most about Whitney. Comes a new series unlike any other. Where do I even start? Academy Award winner Emma Stone. I like how you fight for us. Nathan Fielder. Money doesn't really matter when it's about doing the right thing. And Benny Safdie. You guys are strong, right? At the end of the day, you're going to survive, right? Next question. New episodes of The Curse, streaming now on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. China's Defense Minister, Li Shang-Fu, and I am probably butchering that name. He went missing. This marks an additional instance of a high-ranking Chinese party member or Chinese leader that has departed, been removed, gone on a re-education tour, et cetera, in the last few months. In July, their foreign minister, he was removed, as well as China's rocket leader force. That's the leader of their nuclear forces. He was replaced. Their defense minister, Li Shang-Fu, he'd been in the role for about six months, and he was under investigation for corruption charges when it came to procurement of military equipment. So no telling where this guy is, not where you want to be in life. We talked about this last week in the lowdown, as well as the newsletter, China skipped the G20 summit, or rather they didn't skip it. They sent uh, an underling. They didn't send Xi Jinping. Some analysts hypothesize that this is Xi who is becoming more and more isolated at the top and not trusting his inner cabinet or his inner circle and becoming, again, more and more isolated, only trusting himself to make these decisions as key figures inside the Chinese Communist Party, as well as his leadership and inner circle are trusted less and less. Those are some intelligence assessment out there on the open market. So that's two things missing this week. Jumping to the Air Force, the Air Force missed its recruiting target for this year, the first time since 1999. So over 25 years, not a great thing. And this is the enlisted recruiting target. That's all three components of the Air Force, the Guard, the Reserve, and active duty. Active duty missed by 10% and the Guard and Reserve missed by 30%. Now, there's still time left in the the fiscal year, which is about a week and a half left it's probably tough to make up those gains. And so a couple reasons why I think the Air Force continues to struggle when it comes to recruiting the DOD struggles. And this is something that general have been talking about for quite some time. Out of the demographic of 17 to 24-year-olds, only 25% of Americans are qualified to even serve. And this is a result of obesity, mental health, felonies, or a combination of the above. So right out the gate goes 75% of Americans in that 17 to 24-year age group Are ineligible to serve, which is a huge pool. 75% gone right off the top. Now recruiters are after that 25%. Out of that 25%, only 9% or approximately 9% of Americans have a propensity to serve, meaning they have a desire to go out there and serve their nation. And in that 9%, you're obviously competing with people who are trying to go to, to the military academies, they're going to colleges to pursue other professions. Maybe they're going to the fire service, etc. So that 9% is a very competitive bunch when it comes to recruiters trying to get people to sign on the dotted line. Now recruiters have to use their tools. Military has to use their propaganda or media campaigns to try and convince that other portion of the 25%, the other 15% or so to go out and join and serve. But things like free college education all of those benefits are now readily available in the civilian marketplace so again it becomes tougher and tougher tack on 20 years of combat movies and stories and you know the tells of people coming back with missing limbs post-traumatic stress etc that becomes a big hindrance to recruiters getting people to want to join and serve in fact many surveys have said a fear of death injury or coming back with post-traumatic stress, make youth avoid pursuing a military career. One thing that I don't think the military has had to really deal with yet is the 20-year pension. Most people from my demographic and our age demographic and our parents, they saw the military as, hey, go do your 20 years and you get a pension. It's a nice stable platform. You'll get some benefits as far as education, training, et cetera. But now that has all changed with the retirement system changes inside the military and the blended retirement system. There are pros and cons to, to both of it, but that has always been a carrot that's been dangling out front, specifically people who have long military commitments, for instance, pilots. I basically had to serve 13 years on active duty, and so to go with the other seven to get to 20, that's a big carrot that's that's been hanging out there that the military has had as an advantage up until this point. So a lot of changes there. We won't dive into the blended retirement system because honestly, to me, I still don't know all that much about it, and it's been around for a few years, so I'll admit that. Hey, this week, Lockheed announced they're in the final stages of the ink drying on the paper. They are still a few I's to dot and T's to cross, but standing up the European F-16 training school in Romania. Now, we did talk about this in the podcast, as well as some other lowdowns with Ukraine getting F-16s. One piece of this is actually coincides is the F-16 training unit in Romania. So Romania is getting more F-16s. It looks like one of the objectives here is to actually stand up a a schoolhouse that multiple nations can come to to get F-16 training for both pilots and maintainers. Now, the Air Force in the United States has hosted a lot of foreign nations and still does to this day. And we talk F-16 specific, specifically down in Tucson, Arizona. The Dutch have had a schoolhouse there, the Belgians, uh, many other nations, which I'm probably butchering for getting there. Now, as the Air Force, our Air Force transitions to the F-35, if we look long term, it only makes sense to stand up a schoolhouse as the F-16 continues to roll off the assembly line in Greenville, South Carolina, stand up a schoolhouse in Europe where it's more centrally located or more available as more European nations start flying, they can consolidate their resources and have a central location to train all their F-16 pilots, as well as other F-16 pilots from across other foreign nations that buy the F-16. Here's a fun fact, the F-16 has been produced over 4,100 models since it has rolled off the assembly line. There's still over 3,000 of them still flying today. Lockheed opened up the Greenville plant last year. They transitioned the F-16 plant from Fort Worth in Texas to Greenville, South Carolina, and now they're producing Block 70 and Block 72 F-16s, many of which are going to our European partners over there. It's an impressive jet. Hey, that wraps up the lowdown for this week. Go to afterburnpodcast.com and go to the contact section. You can send me an email, send me a note. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, I'd love to hear that. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can drop a comment down below. But again, any feedback, uh, I do appreciate and I appreciate you joining in and listening to this. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date with everything that's going on. I'll see you next time. Room Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns Garen Memorial Foundation, helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit GunsGaren.com slash rain.